Carl and welcome to the 4th Street Digital Podcast. In this podcast, I cover ideas, practices and techniques for online teaching and learning. And I'm very excited because I have a guest with me today, founder of P Consultancy, fellow learning technologist, Ellis Taylor. Hi, Ellis. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's great <laughs> no, to be here. I'm so excited that you're here. <laughs> We've been planning to do this for a while, but um, eventually yeah. getting around to it. So it's great to yeah. have you here. Um, and in this episode, we are going to be talking about um, collaboration and encouraging collaboration and online learning um, and sort of creating communities and, and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, what's your kind of, I guess it might be good to start, what's your kind of experience in terms of online learning and collaboration and kind of working in that, that environment? Yeah, so... Um... Gosh, so I've been working in a couple of different establishments now. So I've got some different levels of interaction um, around engagement towards collaboration, as mm. well as online learning. Um, so I've got some history with a vocational college. Um, and they were maybe a little bit more resistant to online learning, because quite naturally, quite rightly, the students wanted to kind of work with their hands you know if I sign up to be a mechanic or to do a carpentry course I'm not necessarily interested in sitting behind a computer Um, and further to that trying to then not only get students to engage with the online side of things but to engage with collaboration online is not always the easiest thing so I've had some difficult experiences in trying to work that into content. Um, And I've also had some really positive experiences with the same set of learners and staff um, who, upon a little bit of sort of gentle nurturing, have managed to find their way there and found that they've they've had a bit more fun than perhaps they originally anticipated. Um, So, yeah, different sort of horses for courses, if you will. Yeah, yeah, I think actually one thing that you said there I think is really important is the word nurturing, because I think that's one of the key things when it comes to collaboration online, because Mm. of because of all the things you just said, like people sometimes need to be convinced, they maybe Mm. don't feel um, comfortable collaborating online, they maybe don't, you know, they're not they're not 100% sure what they're supposed to be doing sometimes. So I think that the key of like, nurturing that collaboration and sort of we talk about a lot sort of fostering that community and collaborative way of working I think is really important over time because I think that's the other thing it it takes time doesn't it to Mm. to get people to work together and to get them to work together successfully as well and I think as uh, sort of in line with that it's collaboration is not always a natural skill for people some mm. people, due to you know a multitude of different reasons, are not comfortable, are not familiar with the idea of collaborating. And if you aren't necessarily that comfortable or familiar in a face-to-face setting with that behaviour, trying to do so online, I think, can be quite overwhelming. So I think you're you're absolutely right. The need to kind of work at that and and continue to put that forward as an option or an opportunity for students and learners to draw down on is really important because it it might not be something that they take to right away yeah yeah I think that that's it it's it's building it building it up isn't it building it throughout your course Mm -hmm. and I think that's that's one of the key things I always say to people is to encourage them to do it um kind of from the offset so get people to work together in a small way I think it's building up the level of what you're expecting people to do 
collaboratively. Like I wouldn't necessarily go in week one with like a collaborative assessment or anything like that. But I think small icebreakers, small intros where you get people to work together literally in the first week or first couple of weeks can be really, really useful. It can be just something mm. as simple mm. as like, you know, asking people to introduce themselves or to, um, you know, find some photographs that they that say something about their hobbies. You know, just something really, really simple that you can get everybody um, to do where they're sort of saying who they are a little bit and people can get to know each other. Because I think that's one of the, the key things to feeling comfortable um, going into a room of strangers and being asked to <laughs> collaborate yeah, yeah. is a very different experience from going and collaborating with people that you know and you feel comfortable with. It can be very <laughs> overwhelming. Um, I think it's also important to remember in those early stages that it doesn't have to be out and out work-based collaboration. Collaboration of any sort is a win um, and when you're trying to like we say nurture that skill in in students and learners recreational collaboration is fine just the same yeah yeah even encouraged I mm. mean that's I think that's one one of the key things that um allowing space for um learners to work together as you said even in a social capacity like it doesn't need to be related to the subject or what, what whatever course it is that they're studying but just a space where whether that's a discussion forum, mm. whether that's um, a collaborative document or whether it's like a, a an online space like Teams or Zoom or whatever, um, where they can just go on and, and work together and chat basically yeah. just to get comfortable with each other. That's it. And I think um, something else to kind of consider with that in in those early stages you as an educator are probably going to have to provide a little bit more content to those areas so if you are working with discussion forums or um, you're using your know, chat functions you might still have to drop a few more things in there than perhaps you would further into your course once those relationships have been built just as talking points um, to, to give the the learners something to engage with so that it's not a blank canvas which can be I think can be very overwhelming for for all of us but also especially for students who perhaps haven't met each other yeah I think that's so key like you need to you need to lead by example right like you need to go in and I often find it's very sort of teacher-led or educator-led whoever it is that's leading the course tends to have to lean in a little more heavily um in those first few weeks to really get people collaborating and it's just like you said going in and maybe adding a bit more detail, adding an example, again, of what you expect people to do for a particular activity or a particular task, um, and also facilitating the discussion. So going in to, let's say, a discussion forum and saying, that's a really great point, what does anyone else think? Or, yeah. you know, just kind of really moving that discussion along and, and encouraging people. And I think the key thing that you said about um, just being really clear about what your expectations are and what you expect people to do as part of the collaboration because yeah like leaving them with just like a blank a blank slate of like just do anything doesn't it's not going to be very useful and it's going to really overwhelm people yeah and it's important if you are if you're using it for that sort of recreational side as well providing that instruction allows a student to understand when something is perhaps 
essential as part of their course that that Mm. collaboration is required as part of a graded piece and something that is optional or voluntary in terms of those um sort of more pastoral conversations that that may take place yeah yeah I think you're right and I mean I think once once you move past those first few weeks if you've put the groundwork in where you've got people to work together and it as I say it doesn't need to be large projects you know we're talking about just introductions icebreakers perhaps even just like a a a task that's not necessarily um completely related to the course just something you get people to do um like share maybe um with a partner or in threes a bit of um, information about where they live and and then get people to present back to the class something like that Mm -hmm. like a really simple activity that's not necessarily course based but it does encourage people to work together from the beginning I think if you put that groundwork in early, if you then move on from that and you start to introduce collaborative projects and collaborative assignments that, you know, I know we'll talk about in a minute, but when you start to introduce those things, it makes it easier on people because they're not coming into it cold, thinking, oh God, now I've got to work with someone online and I don't know what to do and I'm I'm worried about that relationship. Yeah. And I think as well, putting that groundwork in in the beginning helps helps learners overcome some further or additional alternative barriers such as like time zones and proximity to each other you don't have to cap you don't have to be collaborating in real time you can still collaborate but in you know your own respective chunks so again putting that groundwork in in the beginning allows students to understand that it's still a collaborative task but it might not be instant feedback yeah yeah exactly I mean that's that's the great thing about something like discussion forums because you can students can collaborate for weeks weeks on end Mm -hmm. together but they're not necessarily like synchronous as you said Mm -hmm. like they can do it in their own time when they're ready and I always think like using something like discussion forums for like debates is really interesting like people can also most most VLEs now you can add multimedia you don't just need to type into the forums So those are the types of things I would also be encouraging if it was me, because as we know, it's really difficult in an online capacity to get to know someone and to get a feel for what someone's like when you only read the text. Yeah. And sometimes it's difficult to understand tone as Mm -hmm. well, like the tone of what someone's trying to say. Whereas I think if you can encourage people to use audio and video, and I know video is very scary for a lot of people, and it's hard to get people to do that. But I think if you start encouraging these small ways of doing it, you know, let's get everyone to leave a bit of audio feedback, for example, on a discussion. It just, yeah, further encourages them to really be working together and, and get to know each other. Hmm. And, you know, as you say, yeah, it can be overwhelming to, to leave that audio or video feedback. But we're back to kind of the leading by example option again. And if you as an educator put something out, you can give your students some comfort in the level of what you put out. So, you know, in in instances where you submit multimedia to a discussion forum, just utilising your phone and, you know, like you might on Instagram or Facebook or whatever for a live, there's nothing wrong with that. It's still creating that that sort of interaction. Um, It doesn't have to be a perfect polished piece. No, I mean, I've seen um, someone recently on a kind of um, higher education group that I'm on on Facebook, they use like TikTok in their class. And obviously, as we know, TikTok is massive just now, and particularly with like that set age group. 
that they had and it went down like a storm like the, the students loved it and it was a sort of create a TikTok style video so they could do something like really stupid they could do a dance they could do um like a voiceover thing that you can do on TikTok like all of the things that you can do they could choose what they want to do and it was just like a really silly activity but because it was something that they're really used to and obviously this depends on your your group right and and that's another thing that I think is important is to adapt your activities at, depending on the type of group you have if you have like yeah you know an older group like a professional teaching group or something like that or you have like um you know you talked about like pri you're a private business and you're you're training your staff on something maybe that's not the best way to go so I think it's about knowing your group but um something like a silly activity like that just really they loved it like they just they just lit up and they weren't that worried about sharing their video in that capacity because of the context of it yeah that's it and and that's also um you've you've just touched on it um and it's probably something we'll, we'll go on to discuss a bit more in a moment but picking students who perhaps complement each other some yeah. students are not going to be you know no matter how much groundwork you put in some students are not going to be comfortable collaborating it's yeah. going to be outside of their comfort zone it's going to be something that they are you know sort of going to have to learn to adjust to in some respects so perhaps pairing those with some students who are more comfortable but not necessarily going to overpower them um it, it's a bit of a sort of balancing act in some circumstances and i think you really do need to consider those groups of individuals yeah definitely <laughs> the dog in the background it's time to go out um but no i think uh that's a really that yeah it's a good good segue actually into talking about sort of collaborative projects and collaborative assignments and how best to kind of facilitate those, particularly online, because I think people do worry that, um, you know, people are going to drop off or what if they put groups together and people don't collaborate properly. And we've all had over the last year situations where we've gone in to teach in an online environment, whether that be Teams or Zoom, and you're just faced with like a black screen. No one's got their camera on you know and it can be it can be really difficult it can feel really difficult and if you get ask students to work in small groups together sometimes you get the same effect where everyone's just silent no one wants to put their camera on no one wants to take the lead so I think one thing that you know we've we've we talk about it a lot in together but I think one thing that's really really important there is assigning group roles yeah um, when working collaboratively or even better asking the students to assign roles between them so mm -hmm. just giving them a list of different roles within the group so somebody that's a facilitator presenter or you know timekeeper whatever it is but getting students to assign roles as a group and you know get, give people like a real purpose within the group I think that is so so important when working collaboratively especially online yeah for sure um that's it and and as you've sort of just identified with with noisy dog um, <laughs> there are different things going on in the backgrounds so we're all working at home and that's no or certainly a lot of us are working from home and that's not necessarily been too different for our students and I think in line with collaboration perhaps just taking into some account 
what students have going on in their learning environments because it might not always be possible for them to collaborate they might be in a noisy environment and therefore not able to unmute themselves and engage so providing alternative um ways to access that collaboration as well is really important because it's 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 not always going to be possible for every student to engage with every option available yeah i think that is so so key providing just multiple ways of communicating and it's it's something again it depends on again depends on your your learners who they are and their level and things but it's also something you can get students to talk about as a group as a team like um, I did a project with, um, I'm studying online at the moment, um, doing a master's and we did a group project and it's all the same things. We had to assign roles, so everybody had a key role. So it meant that if someone had, a, and we did have someone in our group who had a personal situation midway through the project and had to sort of step back from the project for a few weeks, that was fine. But because they had a very clear role, it made it much easier for the rest of the group to pick up where that person had left off because we knew what their role was in the group if that makes sense whereas if everybody's just sort of doing a bit of everything it's harder to pick up when someone's not available so we did that but the other thing we did was as a group we decided what is the best form of communication for us as a group we were international we used a whatsapp group and the discussion forums so we used both we had synchronous meetings but we recorded all of them. So they were available if someone from the group wasn't able to make it. The, the recording was there. We, we did a collaborative document. So these are all little things that, you know, obviously your students might not be aware of or might not think about doing. So it's really important, I think, to, going back to providing really clear guidance for students on, mm. you know, these are the types of things you should be thinking about as a group before you start any sort of collaborative project, particularly if it's an assignment what are the what are your group rules right what what do you expect from your group how do you expect people to engage but also that real empathy of understanding what other people have got going on and if someone's not engaging if someone's not able to communicate if someone's has something happen and personal wise and they can't they can't be part of the group anymore they've got you know a problem that they can't um, make a meeting you have to make allowances for that as a group and as a team and I think yeah. that's that's one of the great things about collaborative projects that's why I love them so much because it's not just the project that you're learning from it's you're learning from working as a group and all these barriers and things that happen particularly online that you wouldn't get face to face and I think that's really interesting it's an interesting yeah. dynamic yeah, and I think um, you, you've hit the nail on the head, the flexibility that whilst you absolutely as an educator need to provide those instructions and that clarity of what your expectations are, the flexibility that students can draw down on within their collaborative work is really, really useful for students in terms of building some of those other skills, as you said, you know, they're not just working on their subject matter, they're working on some of their peer relationship building skills, they're working on, you know, being an effective listener, they're working yeah. on lots of other things that are just as important and help us create well-rounded learners. So I think they're really, really useful. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And the other thing that I think is interesting to add whenever you do a sort of collaborative particularly a collaborative assignment not just any collaboration but I would always think about or advise 
adding in some sort of reflective activity. So I'm sure teachers will do this anyway naturally because it's you know part and parcel of what they do. Mm -hmm. But I just think it's useful to remember for anything. So even if you're doing like you're in a business and you're you've got your team working together for something, the reflective part is so so important and equally important like for individuals to reflect on how that collaboration went what went well what didn't what was their role what they what they could have done differently and also what they've got from it what they've benefited from it I think that reflection part is really really important and I think um particularly mm. when we're doing collaboration I think it's important for people to feel like they get I guess an individual opinion as well as a collaborative group opinion yeah and I think it's really important to get that feedback as well for us as educators because we can then ensure that we tailor our approach in the future mm -hmm. so if something didn't work and lots of students fed back that actually I I didn't enjoy this particular aspect you can make adjustments for that in the future and and everybody is then kind of learning from everybody which is that's what we want <laughs> yeah I know that's the dream isn't it all your <laughs> learners are learning from each other and you just yeah you know can sit back <laughs> yeah it's um it is it's, I think I mean that's why we you know that's why I wanted to do this uh, this episode and on this subject is because I think collaboration generally is so so important in any sort of online learning you know in any capacity but it's something I think people get a bit worried about or not necessarily avoid but I think they panic because of the technical aspects mm. and because there are so many moving parts that you might not get in a face-to-face -face environment but as we've just said I think that almost can enhance yeah what you're asking people to do because one there's a ton of technologies out there that you can use so um I, I guess a couple things like Padlet mm -hmm. really fantastic for collaboration and collaborating together Flipgrid is something I love because it's a sort of video collaboration tool and I've seen it used really effectively in lots of different in lots of different ways you can use things like um, OneNote and uh, notebooks. Yeah. You can use Google Docs if everyone has access, you know, collaborative documents, collaborative spaces, um, even things like collaborative whiteboards. Yeah. Getting people to work together collaboratively in one space. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a ton of technologies you can use that you might not. And actually, I would even when you return face to face, you can still use all of these technologies yeah. to get people to collaborate. Yeah, and they, they foster that communication in a different way. I mean, we, we've we worked on sessions before where we've implemented those whiteboards and we've had people interact with them. And, and even adults, um, and, and not necessarily learners, teaching staff, they all get quite giddy, they get excited, yeah. they all find their patch on the whiteboard and they, you know, draw a silly something. And, and everybody <laughs> gets, you know, everybody gets involved and suddenly, without necessarily having to try too hard, there's a real feel-good vibe going on as well, yeah. which I think is also very important because the collaboration side of things, um, certainly in an online environment, doesn't replace that face-to-face -face interaction that we have and that we're used to, but it can certainly help us feel a little bit less isolated and it can help us interact with people and, and suddenly, like I say, be, be involved in that feel-good and it doesn't have to be an overwhelming and pressured task. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's so important. And it, it's so true as well. As I think despite, you know, I was saying earlier that my, I had to do that collaborative task and during it, I have to admit, 
there was levels of stress, you know, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't, there was levels of stress and frustration and all the things that you would normally have when you're working in a team. Um, and, and, you know, you have to kind of um, come to an agreement over things and you have to maybe not always do things the way you'd want to, and th- but that's all part of it. But once that task was finished, I, now that I reflect on it, I loved it. And actually it's my favorite part of all of the studies that I've done so far was that collaborative task because even though there were challenges there was just so many benefits from it and what we produced in the end we were all really proud of and you know we overcame a lot of barriers to get there but it was just you know I I think there's a sense of pride and there's Mm. a sense of pride I always think when you do something as a team as well like that sort of team pride you've got someone else there to say how brilliant it all went and how good you all did together and I think that's that's exactly what you said to help students feel less isolated working online I think it's just such a good way to do that it is and I think there's also a lot to be said for the empowerment that collaborative tasks Mm. can bring for students so it you know going back to what you said about assigning roles if roles are assigned by teacher it's possible that someone is put into a role that they wouldn't naturally choose but they might be really really good at it and it might be a great opportunity to showcase some skills that they didn't realize that they had to find something that they maybe didn't realize that they enjoyed and then like you say to receive that peer uh, that peer feedback um it's a really nice well-rounded approach to perhaps teasing out things that students wouldn't naturally do themselves or if they are choosing for themselves you know tease out what they're comfortable and get some feedback Mm. with and and that sort of thing it's all really interesting to see that dynamic in learners themselves yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so I think um I guess other things the kind of last things that I'd be thinking about um because we talked about really we, we touched on engaging outside of class but I think that is something that, I, you know, I think it's just really, really important um, to come back to that and think about ways that we can encourage the kind of sense of community and collaboration outside of class. Because I yeah. think often, you know, it is difficult for teachers and for any sort of educator, you're already so busy, you're trying to teach online, you're trying to deal with like the classwork and probably don't necessarily think about what happens outside of class. But as we've already touched on, face to face, those communities happen very naturally because people are meeting at the library, they're meeting, you know, they're going on nights out together, like they're meeting in in halls or they're meeting in the workplace. If you know, if it's a workplace um, environment, people are meeting and seeing each other Mm. right, physically, which makes a huge difference when it's online. You don't have that space. And it's funny, we've even said it, yeah. we've worked together, you know, for a while and it's, you don't necessarily make time for the social stuff. You know, you wouldn't just call someone on Teams just for a quick 10 minute social yeah. gab. Like you don't tend to do that <laughs> as much. And I don't think students think about it either necessarily in the same way. So for me, I think the important thing there is just for for teachers, educators, facilitators, whoever it is, is just to encourage that social aspect, whether it be, you know, leaving your Zoom open for an extra 10 minutes at the end of class or the end of or 10 minutes before, you know, at the Mm -hmm. beginning of a session and just letting people, you know, you don't need to facilitate it, 
but just letting people like chat and, yeah. and have time to do so um, whether it be just setting up a discussion forum that's specifically for social aspects um, or whether it's you know encouraging people to create groups whether it's whatsapp groups mm -hmm. or facebook groups or whatever it is just remind just mm -hmm. putting in those reminders that they can do that yeah and yet you you've hit the nail on the head actually with you don't need to facilitate but just providing that space in some instances is really useful because we know we've come across some establishments where students don't have the ability to set their own chats up and they don't have yeah. the ability to start their own calls so you don't necessarily need to be wholly present but providing them an element of space so that they can perform those you know conversations interactions is really important because they're they're not always able to do that themselves at the moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, well, I think that's everything for today. Um, thank you so much for joining me. It's been so lovely to speak to you. It's been great being here. Thank you. I've loved it. <laughs> me too. Me too. Um, so I hope this episode has been useful. Um, please remember to subscribe to keep up to date with any new episodes. And obviously you can check out all the other resources on our website at fourthstreetdigital.com. So thank you. Thanks so much again, Ellis. Um, and yeah, join me next time on the Fourth Street Digital podcast.